yeah, you, you have to have the willingness to learn. You, you do need to have that focus. You know, we're a profession, a profession of military. Um, so you want to have that military knowledge. You have to have the ability to manage complex things. Um, but that doesn't demand huge academic skills. What it demands is the ability to want to learn, to want to understand and want to manage. Welcome to Find Your Force, the career potential podcast. Everyone has a talent they were born to do, and we're here to help you find yours for your career. Whether you're taking the first step or the next step in your career, our advice and stories are here to help. Hi, I'm Hope, your host for season two of Find Your Force, and I'm delighted to be joined by Jamie. We're going to be talking about why university isn't the only route to success. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. To begin with, let's learn some more about you, Jamie. So what's your role within the RAF? So I'm the Air Officer for Global Enablement. And what that means is I have the responsibility for uh, force training and force preparing specialist uh, ground combat and security uh, units alongside expeditionary logistics and engineering units, and also uh, preparing and operating our mountain rescue service and our band service. So my so my rank is Air Commodore, which is the, the first Air Officer rank we have, comes just after Group Captain. And uh, yes, uh, you could say it's, uh, it's a higher rank in the Air Force, um, but like all, all uh, employment in the Air Force, each rank has its own responsibilities uh, and also opportunities. So whilst an Air Commodore is, is a senior rank, all of our ranks uh, have responsibility appropriate to their level uh, and also opportunity within that level. Uh, for me, that means that I have uh, the responsibility for a large number of people and capabilities. And, and I'm there to generate those capabilities for the Royal Air Force to operate in, in whatever way it needs to. So, Jamie, you're a senior commander, which is a, a pretty high rank within the RAF, isn't it? Do you need to have a university degree before you start that career? Uh, absolutely not. So my, my own journey started uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the ranks in the Royal Air Force as a, as a non-commissioned member of the Royal Air Force. Uh, and I, I joined and went through Royal Air Force Holton, which is our phase one initial training location. Uh, and I became trained as a mechanic as a armament specialist, as a weapons technician. And over the following years, I was able to operate on explosive ordnance disposal uh, with the Chinook Force, with the Harrier Force, and really get a um, really great time uh, operating in different places around the world, be that in the uh, former Yugoslavia, uh, be that in Saudi Arabia, and, and all over places in the Middle East. So really exciting stuff. Um, I wasn't particularly academically gifted at school, and, and what I wanted to do is, uh, is get amongst the vocation. Um, I've always been a hands-on person and the Air Force offered me that with, a, with an apprenticeship essentially to uh, progress my vocational skills and academic uh, opportunities came, came much later, which, which fit me perfectly. Uh, to, to be an officer in the Royal Air Force, of course, there are pre prerequisite requirements and I, would, and I would always urge people to, to focus hard on that academic foundation, uh, be that at uh, you know, sort of secondary school, college, uh, and indeed, if your journey takes you to university, that, that is absolutely fine. But it doesn't have to start there. Um, there are so many different opportunities, uh, be that uh, a commissioning route from within the non-commissioned ranks. And what that means is, is an opportunity to conduct further education and learning that, that allows you to, to undertake initial officer training. 
Um, for me, that looked like uh, what was a basic engineering scheme. Uh, and I undertook a, uh, what at the time was a, a HNC in mechanical engineering. Now, um, I've subsequently in later years delivered that course myself, and it's, um, it's a foundation degree from an affiliated university that gives you a, a degree opportunity, if that's not something you, you first took, um, to become, in my case, an engineer. But of course, there are, there are so many different professions in the Air Force that allow you to fit to what you feel is good for you. Um, after my time in, as a, as a non-commissioned rank, uh, I became a communications electronics engineer, what's now known as a, a cyber professional in the Royal Air Force. And that was really exciting because it allowed a whole new uh, employment field for me to open up and all of the education that comes along with that, but also more importantly for me, the vocational skills. So I've commanded uh, deployable air defense radars. I've operated on exchange with the raw signals in the British Army in places such as Iraq and Afghanistan and in the Lebanon. And I've also been able to undertake roles in wider defense. So working with the government uh, as a planner within the Ministry of Defense. And all of these things came at a time that allowed me to shape my career to do what I wanted. So is university a uh, start point? Certainly not for everyone and absolutely not for me. There's real opportunity if you don't want to take that route. So based on your experience, what attributes do you think someone needs to be a good leader in an organisation? So if I was to talk to my younger self today, some 25 years later, the first thing I'd say is have confidence in your abilities. It's really easy to self-assess and self-judge and think that you, you wouldn't be a great leader in, in the services or the Royal Air Force. The reality is on day one, everybody's got something else to learn. That's why we have initial officer training. That's why we have a series of training cards as we go through our careers to continue to improve people. But your fundamentals will always be there. And if, you, you know, if, you, if you've got that ambition, if you feel you've got that confidence in yourself, let it draw out. Don't find reasons not to do it. Find the reasons for going forward. Uh, and it's things like, you know, if you're happy um, talking to people, you know, it, it, have you got that intellect? Do you feel, sometimes feel frustrated that you want to get on and do something? Uh, and perhaps you see, uh, you see opportunities there. Those are the things that will drive you forward as you, uh, as you develop your own personal leadership and, and management skills. So it's just about having that confidence in yourself and not, not pre-assessing and saying, well, I'm never going to be able to do that. Just give it a go. And you might be surprised at, uh, at the skills that you have and that you don't know are yet unlocked as part of your potential. I, I came from a, a very, very average background. My father served in the Royal Air Force um, at, at the time when I was growing up as a, as a sergeant. Uh, I have two sisters. Uh, and while I did come from a military background, I, uh, I absolutely uh, didn't have some of the kind of privileges you might allude to of, uh, you know, private school, uh, the opportunity to cut around the world skiing and all those good things. I think we went to Wales on holiday once, which, which was phenomenal. I love Wales, but I certainly wasn't cutting around the Alps on skis. Um, do you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. It's great that we all come from different backgrounds. And the Royal Air Force is a meritocracy, which means that we take people from all sorts of backgrounds and we take them because we want to get the best of the skills and the diversity those skills bring. Uh, and I've absolutely seen that over the last uh, 25 years or so of my career. Um, but what, what is it to be a leader? and What does it take to be a leader? It's a really difficult question because leadership is a personal business. And in the, in the Royal Air Force and indeed in the services, we deal with people first and foremost. 
So you clearly have to be able to communicate. You, you have to have that drive to, to succeed uh, and, and perhaps that feeling that you can lead and manage those around you. And those are two different things. You know, leadership comes, I think, from a, a sense of confidence in your own abilities, the ability to engage with people, to draw the best from that, and to remember all the time as a leader that you're there to serve the people around you. You're absolutely not there to shout out orders or, or drag people along. It's a team business in the Royal Air Force, and any any good organisation, any good team works in that manner. We all have our own strengths and weaknesses. Uh, certainly for me as a leader, I, I, I love to hear feedback on where I can improve and where I can get better. What do I think I'm good at? Um, well, I, do you know what? I, I love being around people. I love engaging. I, I love a laugh. I, I love getting the best out of people and seeing that, and, and also again, getting the best out of me. So, of course... Yeah, you, you have to have the willingness to learn. You, you do need to have that focus. You know, we're a profession, a profession of military. Um, so you want to have that military knowledge. You have to have the ability to manage complex things. Um, but that doesn't demand huge academic skills. What it demands is the ability to want to learn, to want to understand and want to manage. And also, you know, keep smiling, you know, all the time. There's... Um, we, we live in a difficult world and, and we live in a complex uh, environment in the military, but actually keeping that enthusiasm and understanding what you can deal in with what you can't and making sure you know where your best resources are is really, really important. You know, le leadership is a huge privilege, um, but to be really good at leadership, I think you have to understand that privilege and, and work with the people around you to become the best team you can do. Did you know that joining the RAF means you'll gain a professional qualification that's recognised in the civilian world? And you'll have a guaranteed job in your chosen field once you've completed it, as well as getting paid to learn. You'll get the chance to travel the world, play sport and perform an important role in the RAF. If that sounds good to you, check out the description to find out more. Why do you think university shouldn't be the only route to success? So it's really easy to assume that university is the only way to proceed, particularly these days. And I know a great many people have that ambition to finish uh, secondary school, go on from college and go to university and live those experiences. But there are many other routes out there. You know, for me, what's always shone through the Royal Air Force is that vocational approach and the ability to undertake an apprenticeship, which gives you loads of academic experience. But at the same time, you know, you're earning a wage, you're getting out there, you're living your life and you're getting access to opportunities and people and broadening your horizons in a way that perhaps you wouldn't do um, at university. Now, of course, university can be also great as well. So it's it's one of many routes. It's not the only route. Um, and on that, on the apprenticeships as well, you know, I've seen so many people come through the Royal Air Force that um, that perhaps weren't that focused on the on the traditional maths and sciences. You know, they had the qualifications at uh, at secondary school level, but they wanted to go on and do something else, get their hands on to something and, and learn. And an apprenticeship allows you to do that. But it's also the first step, the, the gateway into progressing further. And if you do want to become a leader in the Royal Air Force, there are absolute opportunities to do that straight out of your apprenticeship. Indeed, you know, I've got a, a story of a, a great colleague of mine, uh, and she, she did really well at her apprenticeship. And, and she shone and she wasn't the traditional sort of university graduate starring on all fronts. She, she'd come from secondary school. She'd done her, uh, done her apprenticeship with the Royal Air Force, was getting to the end. Uh, and, you know, we absolutely talent spotted and said, you know, you would be a great candidate, a great leader. 
uh, and she's done exactly that. And now she's a flight lieutenant in the uh, in the cyber profession. I mean, that's just a great example of of the many opportunities. Out there. And she's not alone in that. And finally, Jamie, what advice would you give to someone considering all of their options? So, if I was to um, to guide or suggest how how people might want to think about their options, the first thing I'd say is research. If you've got an idea about what you want to do, have a look at it. There's great resources out there to to understand what the options are, particularly in the Royal Air Force. You know, get onto the Royal Air Force website, have a look at the experiences there. People will answer your questions. There's some great videos. There's some great documentary type imagery out there that will tell you exactly what you're going to get, what the benefits are, and also what you've got to achieve. And from that, you might find that there's something on there that you didn't initially think of. You know, you might think, oh, what, what is it that fits for me in the Royal Air Force? I, I think I want to be in the Air Force, but I don't know what, quite what it is I want to do. Have a look at the resources, because there are so many different options within the professions out there for you to get your teeth into and to, and to move forward with. And, and the other thing is, once you get there, you know, think about why it is you want to join the Air Force. Um, you know, it's a great career. It, 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 it's solid. You know, it gives you opportunities to go all over the world, loads of additional stuff. You know, if I talk to my career, you know, I, I've obviously been able to accomplish a great deal and, and get to senior leadership. But along the way, I've, I've served all over the world. I've learned how to ski. I'm the, uh, I'm the president of RAF Field Gun, so I do. I'm, I run on a field gun crew. I've played rugby for the Air Force and uh, in the community level. Um, and all of these things are part and parcel of your career. They're not just additional things you have to do. You can, you can style it how you want to. And I, and I keep coming back to it. My experience is not unique at all. There are many, many other senior leaders that have come all the way through the ranks that haven't taken the convention route and have been able to get out there and, and discover new things. So sit down, have a think, note down what you, want, you think you want to do. Have a look at the resources, maybe refine that a little bit and then engage with the careers advisors. And they, and they can give you some great advice on, on perhaps how you accomplish your goal and how you get to where you want to go. Yeah, I mean, confidence in your own ability is it's something that grows over time. Of course it is, you know, particularly when you're a little bit younger and you're thinking, you know, it's an uncertain world out there. What, what is it I want to do and why do I want to do it? Um, you know, do I want to leave the comfort blanket of family and friends and my community to go off and, and have an adventure and do something new? And I think what you'll find quite quickly, and certainly I did, is that you come into a new community. You come into a new group of friends, a new support network that is um, it's exciting. It's exciting to broaden your horizons and to meet new people and to understand where they've come from and what they want to do. And, you know, those friends I made when I was 16, when I first joined the military, they're still my best friends now. Uh, I was I was in uh, Scotland this week and I ran into an old mate from nearly 20 years ago. And it was almost like we'd seen each other a week ago arriving at RAF Holton. You know, that friendship lasts forever. And that's, that's almost unique, I think, in the services, that we have this great camaraderie and great network of people that are there to support you and to support each other. It, I mean, it's a really great opportunity. Thanks for listening to Find Your Force. If you liked what you heard, then subscribe for future episodes. And don't forget to share. It really does make a difference. We want as many people to realise their career potential by finding their force.